Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. show with Joyce and Amy, the podcast where we are telling the inspiring cannabis stories of the real women in the emerging cannabis industry. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. I'm a former family law attorney and mother of two, and I have been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, along with my canna sister, realtor, mom, cancer survivor, Amy Searles. We're, hey. on, we're on a mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Yes. Yes. So, I met today's guest at the Freedom Rally in Boston last summer. And for anyone who is not familiar with this event, um, basically, the cannabis world takes over the biggest park in Boston. It's big and a little wild, and it has a lot of men. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's yeah. true. And as I was ton, making, ton of guys, ton of men. But as I was making my way through the crowds, I spotted a beautiful yellow booth, and I made a beeline for it. And I am so glad I did. There, I met a family cannabis team led by my guest and supported by her children. I have been trying to get the founder of Sunbud Solutions, a very cool indoor grow pod, on the show. I know since last September. So we have so much to catch up on. I am excited to introduce you to Lynn Fieldstaub and her daughter Celia, founders of Sunbud Solutions in Vermont. 
Welcome. How are you guys doing? You drove all the way down here from Vermont, which you don't think is far, but I do. <laughs> Thanks, Joyce. It's great to be here. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much. So welcome, Cannabis Mom and Daughter Team. I just um, So we've talked before. We haven't talked in a little bit, but I know that you have a whole kind of cannabis lifestyle story that led you to this moment and how you work with your son. So why don't you guys, I don't know if you have a tag team, how you tell your story, but why don't you just start? So in terms of our cannabis story, if you will, um, Sunbuds, Sunbud Solutions was uh, created just over a year ago. Um, and the idea was um, actually dreamed up by my husband at the beginning. He um, is the primary or was at that point the primary uh, grower in our family. Um, and, you know, he just one day we were driving down to New York City from Vermont to visit our son in college. He um was starting his freshman year at Parsons um, in product design. And when we were driving down, my husband said, hey, you know, how about a self all-inclusive grow pod that would be really easy for people to use who who don't want the complicated system? So is this something in your family... Well, where do you live? Do you live on a farm? Where do we, you live? <laughs> um, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> well, we live in Vermont. Um, we have we have a small farm. We have a piece of property. We actually live about forty five minutes away from it right now. Okay, but it's where the kids grew up, okay. um, and it's where we spend our summers, and it's where we grow okay. um, cannabis. Okay. So that's that's the. Sp- and when did you start growing cannabis? Out there? We started growing cannabis when it was legalized in twenty eighteen in Vermont. Okay. Now, if you go back. Many, many years, um, you know, we were, we attempted to grow cannabis in our 20s. We're now in our 50s. Yeah. So a long, <laughs> that, long time that's ago. That's what we bonded over. We bonded over our middle-aged That's That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, when I met my husband in college, he was growing in his dorm room closet. And, funny. You know, that, that kind of a scene. Um, we were never really successful because at the time the equipment really wasn't um, what it is today. And, you know, we just dabbled around and, and you know, had some fun. And then we had kids, got serious, or so yeah. we thought, yeah. or tried. Yeah. Um, and mm. then when cannabis, when we saw the writing on the wall and that it was going to be legalized in Vermont, you know, we really kind of said, well, let's jump into this again. We had fun once trying to grow. You know, I, I'm a big cannabis consumer. My husband is not, but okay. he, we both um, enjoy gardening tremendously, making products, making things. You know, we're we're real makers. Um, and how did you, so, so Celia, so, mm-hmm. uh, so I talk about this a lot. So my son is 21 mm-hmm. and my daughter's 18 mm-hmm. and I had my cannabis awakening when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. And I had to sort of tell them everything I knew about it was wrong, even though they already used it. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of my introduction. And now they think I'm cool, which is funny, but that's a whole other story. So <laughs> how did you, how did this work in your family? Um, so growing up, it was never really something that we discussed or that was like really relevant in my life. Um, and then I started using cannabis a little bit throughout high school and whatnot. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I think it was... Did you know your parents were consumers or was it a secret? Um, it was a secret for a while. Yeah. It was definitely a secret well, for a normal, while. It's normally a secret. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think that it, we sort of started talking about it more openly around the time that cannabis was legalized, because that's when um, you and my dad both got a lot more into growing, like you were saying. So that was, you know, sort of have to break the ice then. Right. Um, and how old were you? Were you I was probably like 17 or 18. It was okay. right after I had graduated from high school. Oh, so you're old. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're a grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, well, it is, it's a different conversation. Like, you know, I have a lot of moms, can of moms who talk, you know, how they use it as a medicine and how they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're two-year-old or they're four-year-old or they're six-year-old. It's a different, obviously, mm-hmm. 
different mm-hmm. conversation. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think within the past few years, the conversation has just sort of become more and more open. Obviously, legalization has helped, but then also with all the talk that is constantly sort of going on within our family about Sunbud um, and about what's going on there. And then also, I think a, a big part of it has been... Um, I've gotten sort of into growing as well, um, particularly outdoor growing. I've always been for like many, many years now really into growing vegetables and growing my own food. Um, and so that interest sort of morphed as um, you and and my mom and my dad were getting more into um, growing cannabis. I was sort of learning more and more about that and then harvesting um the whole both, world, yeah. Yeah, yeah, both THC and CBD plants. And so is it, is this, you're in college, right? So uh, yeah, I'm a senior in so college right now. is this something now. you do at school, or is this something you just do at home, or is this... Um, do they allow it? They don't allow it at no. school, right? They don't allow growing <laughs> at school. No. No, no the growing... <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> but my it's mom coming. is in the business, kids. <laughs> no, right. the growing has all been at that farm that um, you were just talking about before, okay. um, where we have quite a bit of land. But it's just been really nice for me, um, in terms of my own consumption, to know exactly where that cannabis is coming from um and then also we make we've just started making some cbd products and so knowing where that's coming from and knowing where the cannabis that i smoke is coming from and like even having a big part in growing it has just really been huge for me um in terms of just like really having a full understanding of what i'm putting into my body and like it's it's a generational thing so i you know we we're whatever first of all I didn't grow any. I don't. I can't. I have a terrible green thumb. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. You know, I, I lived in a generation. Plastic was everything. Like you know, you gen, your generation's really different. Like how you think about the earth, how you think about the world, how you think about your food, or even what you put on your skin. Or you know, we do a um. In a, uh, we were talking to one about cannabis and climate, and like how does this affecting the earth in Vermont? Like, have you seen anything in your farm areas how the cannabis is working to make things better? Or have you seen this in practice yet? We have not yet. I mean, last year, so in 2018, cannabis became legal in Vermont to grow. That's pretty soon. It is. So it's been two summers. And then so in 2018, we took um, we we took the opportunity to grow, you know, our for personal consumption. Mm -hmm. Last year, we then really wanted to get our hands even more dirty, if you will, and really learn more about the plant. Um, So we got a hemp growers permit as well as a hemp processing permit. Is that per state? It is. Okay, so we're going to get back to this, but every state is different in what they do. So how how does this work in Vermont? So in Vermont, um, last year, it was a, I believe it was only $25 or maybe $50, I can't recall, but a very, very modest amount of money. Um, And you just applied through the Vermont Agency of Agriculture. As far as I know, there everybody was granted a permit. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was a application system. I think the only odd thing, if you will, is, you know, you had to map exactly through Google satellite where, where you're going to grow it. Okay. Grow it. Um, but a pretty straightforward process. And then again, with the hemp processor license also. So that now get, gave us the ability to put in, I think we had about 25 plants. So a very small, mm-hmm. you know, plot, but enough to really... Um, grow cannabis in different environments, try different things with it, and have enough product afterwards to really play with tinctures and edibles and all the things we wanted to do um, to try and, you know, get the information out there to others that are interested and may not have the resources to grow 25 plants to experiment. So, how does, so we should probably get back to, let's get back to your pod. <laughs> Just right. because I want, you know, because we do talk about growing and, you know, I mean, you can think of this in a big, uh, a bigger space, uh, but the, your idea was related to people who don't have a lot of space who mm-hmm. are interested in growing uh, how many pl- how many plants or two and that they can do it in a very kind of mm-hmm. confined and 
Looks yes, like I, I am mean, easy way. Exact, it's perfect for me. I that, mean, it was literally meant for my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. That's that's great. <laughs> no, and I, so it, that's yeah, exactly so how, so how it. Come about like what was the idea? So the idea was that. Um, and, and can you describe what it looks like since we are I, audio? Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Um, so the the idea for the pod came out of indoor. I'm going to talk to you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> came out of indoor growing and how complicated it can be. Can you so, explain what, I mean, I don't even know yes. if everyone here actually knows yes. the process for growing darkness, lightness, rotation, right. f- yeah, everything. So the, the thing about cannabis is like every plant, it needs light. Um, and that's, you know, pretty self-evident that you would, you know, purchase an LED light for it. Um, filtration if you don't want the odor to come out and ventilation so at a very minimum you need a light a fan a filter and if you're trying to put your own grow system together you're sourcing all of those components um, and then you know knowing enough about electronics to hook it all up it's pretty complicated overwhelming and not aesthetically appealing Mm -hmm. you know you end up with a big black um grow tent you know the pretty monstrous monstrous well, monstrosity. Mean, thank you. <laughs> monstrosity, <laughs> you yeah. know, in, in your living room or wherever you're putting it. So the idea here was to get everything on one switch, if you will, so that all a person is doing is plugging in our pod, which stands um, just under four feet tall, 20 inches in diameter, and looks a lot like a blown up lava lamp, if you oh, will. Oh, yes, a lava lamp. Right? I, keep saying, so I kept saying rocket ship. It's a, yes, it's a lava it's lamp. A lava, that is a lava lamp. Okay, and it, it wasn't intentional, but we all saw it immediately. We gravitated to it. We liked sort of that iconic feel of, you know, hearkening back to the 70s. And, um, That's awesome. You know, Are so you going to make it in different colors? We may. We're, okay. we're, talking, we're talking about that. There's a lot of ideas for 2.0, but right oh, now we're... I would we're, love a pink one. I know. Pink right? one would be nice, or a rose gold one would look great. But you know. Well, that's interesting. Cause Celia, my, Celia's like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Rose gold would be great. Yeah. I think. Well, I think for me also, like, it's so. I love the design because it's this lava yeah. lamp, which, like you said, is the '70s, but then also the sleek um, aluminum sort of metal yeah. thing. I think oh, totally. Like it's like very much in line with that minimalism um, sort of sleek aesthetic that is really popular. Totally. Even like a even like a white lacquer. You know, you can make it like ultra modern. I mean, you can go a lot of. A lot of ways with that design. And I it, love and, it. And, and so it's you sitting know? here in the studio, and it looks like a piece of. It could be a, something in your front, or it could right. be a piece of art. It could be something in the corner. Mm-hmm. It, it does no, yep. no little switches or weirds or bells or whistles on it. So just, ex- I, I have no idea how this works. Explain mm-hmm. to me how we'll, this works. We'll have lots of photos. We'll <laughs> so, have lots of photos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in the pod, what you have is the light fan and filter are all in that top module part of it. Um, and they're all built in. You put, you're basically plugging in one plug, and then you're putting a seed or a clone, whichever, you know, you have access to, and we're helping folks to source seeds as well, because we know that's a real challenge for people. Um, putting in, you know, a very simple pot with some nice organic soil, a seed or a clone, and then you're basically letting it grow for about eight weeks in what's called vegetative stage. So that means the plant thinks it's full-blown summer, it's getting 24 hours of light on it, it's just growing you know, quickly, um, in eight weeks, you see it, you know, shoot up. So can you see inside of that? You don't, no, you, no. The, there is a handle on top. And so you just pull up the handle and look inside and then look inside. And every two or three days you're pulling it up and watering it. And it, does it get hot? It has a fan okay. to keep the, the, the temperature, uh, moderate and it has an airflow, an air intake at the bottom and then an air output at the top. So there's constant ventilation going through it. So what does it, what's the smell? 
Is there smell? The yeah. sm- so can it, so that's during vegetative stage, and then after eight weeks or so, you you flip the switch, and then it goes into what's called flowering stage, and that's okay. when a can- uh, cannabis plant is actually making its flower or the buds. Okay, right, and that's when a cannabis plant actually starts to emit odor. Okay, during vegetative stage, there's very little odor, if it, you know any, okay. and then as it flowers, and it depends on the strain, um, you know, it can get pretty smelly. So what we've added in there is a carbon filtration system also up at the top so that the fan is pushing the air through the filter and then out. Um, so it's and the filters will be replaceable cartridges. So that's the only consumable okay. piece of, of the, um, the product. So you'll unscrew the top every two to three grows, put in a replaceable carbon um, filter and then, you know, start up again. And about how loud is it? It if like I put, it, it's a, it's a low murmur. It's like um a, an energy efficient um, refrigerator. Okay. So I don't know the as, actual decibels, but okay. you know it does emit some noise. But it's kind of like other appliances. It can be like what sounds we're used to anyway. Yes, exactly. It's some of that white noise that and, we and have. Get, people can help. They can have in their bedroom and help them sleep. <laughs> I know. I just thought of that. Great minds think like Amy. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna sti- I'm gonna stick it in the bedroom. All right, there you go. And you know the idea is that it's a very fast growth cycle that we're we're um we're uh, advocating for in there because there's limited space. It's one plant, fast grow. Basically, in four months, um, you're you're going to be harvesting. And what we've been pulling is about one and a half up to two ounces off of that quick of a grow cycle. And what you're doing is eliminating a lot of problems by not having plants that are growing a long time, not having a lot of plants. And so a lot of the problems that folks, you know, experience when growing cannabis are eliminated or at least um, mitigated. All right, so again, I, I, grow wow. nothing. I know nothing about growing. So what are some of the problems <laughs> that amazing. people encounter that this solves? Um, well, there's mold or oh, rot well. issues, and again, that's just getting the airflow, and then um, pests, oh, right? Pests, so aphids, things yeah. like that, that really are much more prevalent in large grow spaces because you introduce one plant with aphids on it, boom, your whole grow room, you know, is covered right. in bugs. Right. Um, so right. this, you know, it just makes it sort of like the chia pet, if you will, makes it very <laughs> easy to nurture it. You're not overwhelmed by having so many, and yet, you know, you're able I mean, to. So, then, do, so do you have to water it? What do yes. You have to, oh, so how yes. does that work? So every two to three days, you're just lifting up the lid and then just, you know, putting in about a quart of of water. And that's the, because again, it's this fast grow. It doesn't need, we've only tested without nutrients. And as long as you're using a nice organic soil, it doesn't need extra nutrients. So all you really have to do is water and then remember to flip that switch. Mm. That's amazing. So that the plant moves into flower. Okay. So then the next step. So like, then the harvesting part, does that have anything to do with harvesting or help with the drying or is that all separate? Yeah. yeah. So harv- So what we've designed is um, a grow guide it, that, again, tr- the whole point that we're trying to um, stress with Sunbud is all of this can be done really simply, right? So in the grow guide, we also show people how to, har- when to harvest, how to harvest, how to cure your cannabis so that you don't end up with all that work, not drying it sufficiently and then having it mold in your mason jar. Right. Uh, and then how to make things out of it. So we've got a lot of recipes oh, online yeah. about how to make can of butter, how to make edibles, how to make tinctures, and always trying to get it down to sort of the simplest um, instructions, because everything can be really complicated if you let it be. And, if, you know, of course, you know, you can you can elaborate on things, but we're just trying to keep I it think, I think I think I found this in life, that the people who really know a lot about something and really understand it can tell things simply and easily. 
And right. that's the sign of someone who has a real grasp. And the people who make things seem... Okay, I'm a lawyer, so I hear yeah. this all the time. <laughs> the people who make things so complicated that you can't really follow their argument and you don't know what they're talking about, they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> right. It's like the classic, can you explain it to a third grader type exactly. of thing? Exactly. Yeah. So. I think I would also add, it made me think when you were talking about what are some of those problems that growers encounter, and this is sort of a less technical one, but just like I've always sort of thought of growing as with this overarching sense of masculinity and sort of inaccessibility um, and just information overload and just a very specific culture that's associated with it in the way that it looks in your home and the way that it's talked about online. Um, and I think a big part of what appeals to me personally and, and to a lot of people that I spend my time with is is this notion of here's how you do it. You absolutely can do it. It's not any different than growing any other type of house plant that you really might have in your house. I mean, sure, there's a couple more steps, but it doesn't need to be this crazy in-depth thing. And it's something that you would be like proud to have in your living room or in your bedroom um, and not this like embarrassing thing to hide away. Exactly. Yeah. That, well, that, that's kind of like the woman aesthetic. That's the whole female yeah. like, you know, totally. shifting again, coming back to like, you know, you were literally the only I think I went to two booths that day at the Freedom Rally in Boston because it was so it was so big and so kind of loud and I am kind of a quiet person sort of by nature, but I did want to meet women businesses and just the, you just stood like literally you were like a yellow <laughs> ray of sunshine and I pulled my husband over there and it was just, you know, it, just, it was just such a different vibe from a lot of the other businesses that was trying to get people's attention on that day. So, right. you know, and, and Amy and I go to, you know, we've been going to events and we do always try to connect with the women businesses, which still a minority. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I think that's a huge piece of it, and that's only become more important for me as the years gone on. So, you know, I, uh, it's, I've spent my career in the education world, right. um, and so jumping into this new space was already intimidating. And then, you know, last year going to NCIA, and th- that was my the first co- professional conference I went to in the cannabis space, and just feeling. Um, like the women I connected with were really powerful and great conversations. And then just feeling this sort of overload of um, the testosterone in the room, for lack of a better way to say it. Just, you know. Oh, yeah. So I, I do think now we've become more intentional. Uh, you know, I yeah. think the Sun Pod, a lot of, you know, it, it has appeal to a lot of folks, but we are definitely, you know, at least focusing on women and their needs in this in yes. this world so because that, nobody else is. So, so, I, I, I saw you guys yeah. at the um, the wedding expo. We that that's fun. right. We were there. So what else are you doing? Where are you? Where? How are you getting to your market? Who are you? You know, trying to reach. Like these are always the women we're trying to reach too. How are you yeah. finding them? And how are you explaining this to them? And what's their response to you? Yeah. <laughs> so so far we've um, we've gone to cannabis. Um, events only we are dipping our toe into the mainstream world and on march 11th through the 15th we will be at the boston flower and garden show isn't that exciting so i know we're going amy we're gonna go (laughs) we are so going i love the flower show it's like the happiest place in the world (laughs) yeah and we're really excited to just talk with mainstream folks who have no idea that cannabis is even going to be there but we know that they're we know that folks are interested and um just really interested in how those conversations will go um and you know by and large the reception we've had has been i 
overwhelmingly positive. Um, and, yeah. and women, especially online, we're seeing, mm. Celia can talk more about this, but on our Instagram and Facebook, not as much, but on our Instagram page, I haven't like, you know, done, looked at the data, um, you know, and, and dissected it, but it's definitely feels like it's a women's space that we're creating there. And a lot more women are commenting and quest- asking us questions and things like that. Yeah, I think that definitely that's another avenue that we're very much in being intentional about using. And I, um, I'm the social media director for Sunbud, and um, so I, <laughs> you know, you do a great job. Oh, thank I you. Love your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And I just feel like when I was sort of starting that Instagram and and trying to figure out like what kinds of hashtags do I want to be engaging with, what kinds of pages do I want to be engaging with, it's a huge focus on the community on Instagram that's really focused on cannabis as self care um, and cannabis for anxiety and for other mental health and physical health ailments, um, and then sort of cannabis um advocacy and um and activism as well and and just like being really intentionally about what kinds of communities we're engaging with on social media i think has really influenced what our um what our what our following looks like and what that potential customer base looks like as well no i think that's a i mean the whole wellness that's you know we talked to most of the i would say all all of the women who are involved in this industry were sick or had a person who was sick and figured out how to do this with their own bodies and now they're strong advocates. I think that is, would you say, Amy? Like everybody, everybody we talk to. And it seems like, you know, the men, it's a, you know, I, I think this is a business. I talk about this as a business. I know this is going to change the world, but um, approaching this, it's a, just a different perspective coming into the business. So I think the communities you're building are different. Mm-hmm. And I also think that for women, what especially women at our age, Joyce, what happens is that sandwich generation, right, where we're, care, we're caring for our aging parents and our adult children. And cannabis has been a bridge for me. Um, you know, before the show started, Joyce and I were talking off air a little bit about our, our own mothers. And, you know, my mother, her friends, they, they will not smoke, but they love the edibles. We oh, they do. oh, yes. That's so funny. <laughs> right, so, I, so, Amy, I had a breakthrough with my mother today. My mother wants to actually meet with a cannabis doctor. So, you know, <gasps> I know. That's amazing. I can't get over it. <laughs> like, like. It's wow. Like, it's like public therapy. Yeah, so here we are. <laughs> right. But, so we have a lot, and I actually have yeah, a yeah. lot of friends with elder elderly parents, um, you know, and as time's going on, there's probably a handful now that I'm giving my edibles to, right. to help them. And, and that seems to be, you know, a, a common piece. And then with my children, you know, I do get questioned about this sometimes, but I feel really strongly that I prefer them to smoke the cannabis that I grew. I know what's in it. You oh, know, God, and, yeah. And, you like know, and the food you made. And right, ex- <laughs> to me, it's, it feels exactly the same to other people. You know, I have been questioned, oh, wow, you give your kids cannabis, huh? And sure. yeah, I do. I do. And, How and, lucky. And, lucky kids. <laughs> you know, because I just. I wish my mom would give me yeah. cannabis. <laughs> hey, Ma. <laughs> to me, it to me it feels it just feels really normal. You know, it feels the the like the same like you're saying about you know one not that I ever baked homemade bread, but you know yeah. someone in my household probably did. You know, um, and, and you know having those kinds of you know healthy um, alternatives. So to me that that feels really like this natural place for cannabis is sort of the two age groups that I'm and even interacting. And I, and I kind of want to spin it back. So like. So I know a lot of, you know, the medicinal use of cannabis, this is really what we're talking about at this level, that, you know, with pains, aches, anxiety, stress, whatever it is we're using it for, what's the importance of having, being able to grow your own? Like, what is the difference between being able to, like, you know, actually uh, create what you want to use, know the strain Mm -hmm. you're growing? I mean, it it Mm -hmm. might be a little tricky because I'm sure people 
it's not really testing out exactly when it grows as it's supposed to be, but mm -hmm. how do you work with, do you talk to that about that issue with women or people you're selling this to? Um, yeah, I mean, or Celia or did, did you want to take that one? No, go oh. ahead. Um, I, so, um, it, I mean, for us, you know, it's, it's really about knowing what you're consuming. And, you know, with the, the big scare that, um, I mean, it, we, I haven't heard much about it in the news now, but, you know, with vaping and all of this, that's when it really became an issue for me. My son vaped, you know, and I, I had him smash his vape pen when that was all coming out. And I said, you know, I will provide you with what you need, but just please don't don't inhale this garbage. We don't know what it is. And so that's really the crux of the conversation is about knowing what we're consuming. And as we know, we know big tobacco is coming. We know there's going to be additives. We know there's crap already. Huge, oh, yeah. huge issue in Vermont that happened about six, maybe it's longer than six months ago now. But, you know, within the last year where all, a lot of moldy cannabis was being sold yeah. in dispensaries i think that's i mean that is actually that's a, an, that is an enormous enormous issue for people yes. who are using this for medicinal reasons yes. because like, i mean kind of the issue of like it not being legal was that where you didn't know what you were using you didn't know what you had but right. the whole point of the regulations were to be very specific and very intentional like and 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 elevate the conversation so people can who don't believe that this really is a thing that works with our body can see scientifically so i think that is a, an enormous issue yes. for you know, obviously, because pharmaceutical, they're coming in. They're going to be here. Yeah. I think one thing for me is the amount of horror stories I've heard, especially before um, cannabis was legalized in Vermont and in Maine, which is where I go to college. Um, just these horror stories about people smoking cannabis that they had bought um, from whomever they might be able to find or a friend of a friend, whatever. And just having these really upsetting experiences where it's just that was not what I thought it was. I don't know what was in that, but it wasn't cannabis, clearly. Um, yeah. And just really scary stories like that. Um, and to me, it's like, why would I want to be treating something that I'm very much like consuming into my body any differently than um, right. the the food or the what I'm drinking? Um, I don't know. So to me, it, it feels like a little bit of a safety thing. And then also... Yeah, just a just a comfort thing. It's like I'm doing this. Well, um, a big a reason, yeah, a big reason I, I use cannabis is for my anxiety, and then also just like recreationally. And both both of those times, it's like I'm doing this for comfort and for relaxation, and I don't want to be on edge about well, what might happen here. All right, it's, I mean that's like you know that point. is a thing, especially for people you know people who it, it is an expensive product. Mm -hmm. I mean that's just the bottom line. Do you mm -hmm. know what that? Do you have to have a cost analysis of what it does to? Um, I mean, I don't know. If, these are for sale right now, right? They're, well, we're still in pre-order. Okay. They will be out in March, early April, and okay. they will retail for five seventy nine. Five seventy. And then, then what's the so like? And then what's the the cost to grow? Like, what's the cost of a plant or a seed or a clone? So or a seed typically it depends, but you know, between eight. Mm, eight, eight to ten dollars. Oh, okay. You know, if you're buying really small quantities. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're trying to um, solidify a partnership with a seed vendor that would then be able to sell folks, you know, three to five seeds. Oh, okay. Um, because that's a whole another. Yeah. Like it's like once you solve one problem, you get another problem. Well, and <laughs> so this is it. We're gonna find yes. your seeds. Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we do have a seed vendor in Vermont, a very small um, hemp farmer um, that is already working with us with hemp seeds. So folks who are interested in growing cannabis to produce CBD. And now, um, like I said, we're trying to solidify this partnership with a THC seed um, vendor. So right. hopefully that will happen before the March event. Right. So that's all right. So these are, and, and then, all right. Mm -hmm. oh, I, lost my, I lost my train of thought. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Um, um, we're talking about Vermont. Actually, I, we, well, that's a lot. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information, a lot of, cause cannabis is about wellness. Basically. It is about wellness. That's uh, 
It's about wellness. It's about elevating our lives throughout the day. And and I, I think growing is such a great solution, especially if you're really into health. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to smoke. I want to know what I'm smoking. I really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And then, to, yeah. So what's, okay, so let's go back. I talk about how we talk to different people in this week. I think in this in the past eight weeks, we've talked to people in eight different states. So mm. every state is very, it is, it's, every state is so different. And I, it's an interesting um I don't know, study of state law or something. Mm-hmm. So what what is the status of cannabis in Vermont? What do you think it's moving towards? Mm-hmm. You know, how does how do people get it recreationally, medically? How does it work? Um, so in Vermont, uh, cannabis was legalized in 2018. It was the first state that did it through a legislative process. Um, so our legislature went ahead and legalized growing. So we have the ability in Vermont... A household can grow six plants. Doesn't matter how many adults are in that household. You're limited to six plants, and only two can be flowering. So, what, it's, is that, what does that mean? So that <laughs> means that you can have six plants, and then that time when you're switching the light so that the the plant turns to flower and starts to produce buds, you can only have two at a time. So when you're growing outdoors in Vermont, you can't control the light, obviously. So really, technically, you can only have two plants in the ground. That's an inter- who, uh, who decided that? I don't know. The legislature <laughs> just thought that if they made it a little tricky, maybe we wouldn't do it. I don't I, I know. know. That is a little bit <laughs> weird. Tricky. I, I, all these things are sort of like these like what hemp is. I mean, right. just the whole point three thing. It's like, they're so arbitrary. And then people like are fighting and going crazy. And these poor farmers with the hemp issue, like mm-hmm. point three, it is, it doesn't mean anything. So no. that's like a no. pain for you guys too, right? It's, it yeah. is. I mean, luckily all the hemp we grew last year, none of it was hot at all tested yeah. <laughs> under the point, the point three THC uh-huh. limit. You know, we are going to try some new strains this year. And that's always a risk that, you know, with a new strain, you might end up with a, you know, some varietal that actually the THC content goes too high and then you can can't actually. But there, sell. there are no limit on hemp plants. No, like, there okay. no only by your license. Your okay. license limits you to the uh, square footage that you apply for. Okay, so, all right. So, um, so, right, so you can grow two plants. So you can grow, yes, yeah, six plants, else? two flowering, and yep. that's it. That's where Seriously? we're at in Vermont. Oh, I'm sorry. There is there is medical dispensaries. There are medical oh, there dispensaries, are. but there are no recreational dispensaries. And, and there, is there a process for getting your medical card? There? Yes, oh, there, yes. Okay. There, there is that, but there is no ability to you know go into a dispensary like in Massachusetts just as a recreational recreational user and purchase cannabis that's not there yeah, that's a bummer yeah it is and they're, they're trying well and to to be fair what i will say from yeah. what i understand from legislators who are advocates and working on this um they are working on a tax and regulate system they chose not to um unveil it all at once they felt that they were ill-prepared and mm-hmm. what i understand and let's see how it really plays out is that um, the legislature is very interested in Vermont in protecting um, sort of this Vermont culture, if you will, like we have a lot of microbreweries and, you know, craft um, yeah. products. They're, they want to encourage craft hemp growing, ca- craft cannabis growing, and not have, you know, a big um, track farm come in and, and take over the state. I mean, that, that is sort of the, the one benefit of this being so piecemeal across the mm-hmm. country that every it is a state's rights issue if you i, mean, I love politics mm-hmm. paul let's talk politics mm-hmm. cannabis and religion like i did that last <laughs> week you know so these are you know i just think the policy decisions are very interesting in these states who's making the decisions mm-hmm. kind of goes back to who's you know running your governments mm-hmm. you know um i don't know if you're small town like usually the small town issues about who is making the decisions and don't necessarily understand this product right especially in farming communities. I think that's that's an interesting transition, like a place like Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They're growing a lot of hemp. Those mm-hmm. farmers had to have a big shift in their mindset. 
and they can keep it small. So that's the idea of, yeah. Right. And we'll see how Vermont, you know, plays out. But there there are communities that are pre-banning dispensaries. Yeah, that happened Knowing up here. that it's that coming. Yeah, so that they're, up here. <laughs> they're starting to pre-ban. And my guess is that there may be issues around growing as well. Um, Vermont has a lot of right-to-farm uh, legislation on the books. So my okay. guess is that that will prevail. And, you know, when it comes to actually growing, um, my hope is, you know, that it, it things won't go backwards. Do you think that's, so we've seen in Massachusetts and Western Mass, there's a lot of mill towns that have gone bust. That's mm-hmm. sort of like the history of our country lately. And these mm-hmm. mills are being brought back with the cannabis industry. Oh, so that, do you see that coming up in Vermont? I have not seen anything like that um, in, in Vermont. Um, you know, I did attend a recent um, Chamber of Commerce meeting around cannabis in the state. And um, a lot of farmers were there. Uh, most who have already, you know, dipped their toes in, but looking to, you know, change it up and switch switch crops that they're they're farming. So my guess is that these things will come to a head as time goes on too. I think it is. It's like a, it's like anything, and you know, it's like uh, you know, gay marriage or mm-hmm. anything else. Like once you kind of come in contact with this experience, when it's not the other anymore, you're fine with it. And right. Like you know, especially mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining farmers must again. This is good for the land, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yes. That. You would imagine that would be something they want to advocate for, and you know they can see the the growth potential and the the they, monetizing. It's money, right? Mm-hmm. We're America, right? We make money. This right. is what I don't get. Right. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a big money making thing, and it could transform our country. So, right. and it does. Yeah. It does feel like Vermont is supportive. Yeah. Um. You know, at my my experience prior to you know running Sunbud was as a grant writer. So right. naturally, I took that skill, and I have a grant pending now with the Vermont Agency of Agriculture. Uh. You know, for some funding to help me to promote Sunbud outside of the state of Vermont. Um. And not necessarily the pod. They're they're interested in the hemp products. So, you know, through the hemp that we grew, we also have some CBD flour and some edibles. Um, and so it's it's promoting those products as well. So there is... Are you fighting up against... So I've run up against... Um, I've been trying to get some, like, assistance, just business assistance, mm-hmm. a lot of free services out there. But as soon as they say I'm in the cannabis world mm-hmm. and I don't sell it, I don't talk... I talk mm-hmm. about it. I don't sell it. I don't touch it. I don't do anything. No one would work with me. Mm-hmm. Well, that Are was my fine? experience when uh, when when yeah. we first started up. The very One of the very first things I did after writing our business plan was went to find a bank to deposit, you know, yeah. some seed money we had. Um, and it took me three banks to find anybody who would even open an account for us. And we do not touch the plant, like yeah. you're saying. You know, this is very much, a, you know, um, ancillary product. And yet... It, yeah, that it, shocked me. It, it was oh. shocked. Oh, I talk about this endlessly. Are you yeah. kidding? I could do a whole show on banking. Mm-hmm. I, 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 so did you work with a local bank? We or? did. We worked with a local bank, Brattleboro yeah. Savings and Loan. All right. Yep. I think if they want to come into this, I mean, especially because they know, they literally mm-hmm. know their customers. Right. Mm-hmm. They know what you're doing. Right. But they are so scared because They're of the so federal scared. regs. Like, mm-hmm. I, again... I, you know, I, I, it's a state's rights issue, mm-hmm. but this is a national, obviously, issue. So but um, We'll yeah. get a bank one day, Joyce. We will. <laughs> I'm very close. I have a <laughs> bank out in Western gonna, Mass. They're like, we're going to stay positive and optimistic. <laughs> we will get a bank. But uh, but it wasn't. It's not even. But it's not just the banking. It was like literally right. just like like retired. Like a, a friend of mine, her dad worked for like this retired um, small business group, mm. and they these are men who want to help mm-hmm. businesses start up, and they were all excited to talk to me. And then I said the name of my show, and mm-hmm. they're like, Oh no, we can't do it. We're going to mm. lose our federal grants. Right. Hmm. So they're more worried about, you know, the money that's like sure. as a grant writer, you understand that. Absolutely. Like, where yeah, the stigma is still so there in so many ways. I mean, it's changing really rapidly. But like, I, I feel like these types of experiences just exemplify how present it still is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just, OK. So you're a different generation. So like, what is it yeah. like in college? Do the people it, like I think my kids think it's absurd. They don't even understand why there's a shame. Like now that. 
No, I mean, the only reason that I like even say that and even like know that is because of Sunbud and because of the experiences that you've had and that we've talked about Sunbud having and these barriers that it's coming up against in college and among like people my age. No, there's there's like basically nothing. It's it's just as accepted as like having a beer in the evening. Right. So it's it's, again, you know, we grew up. I I, I say this endlessly. It's 100 years. We've lived in an anomaly of history. 100 years. It's demonized for no particular reason. It was a bad idea, created bad policy, created really bad laws. And now we're trying to unravel that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and, and it's going to be, it's going to take time. And educate. And educate. Yeah. And unru- yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to change what people believe. You know, yeah. I believe, mm-hmm. I, I did. I believed it killed brain cells. And I was like, it was, right. I thought Me it was too. horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was afraid of it. <laughs> Whatever. That's a whole other. Hey, AIM. Guess what? We have something big coming up. I know this is very exciting. And I can't wait because it's something that it's hopeful, it's happy, and it's exciting, right? Absolutely. Okay, kids, everyone who's listening, we are starting a new campaign here at the Canna Mom Show. This is a campaign for attention because there are so many great stories out there. We want you to hear them all. And this is what we're doing to help have them heard. Mm-hmm. Because do you believe that cannabis has the potential to transform the world? And our love, justice, goodness, and hope, the words that warm your heart, then you are going to love our campaign, a bong for mom yay! <laughs> for the next six weeks amy and i and all of our friends all of our canna mom show ambassadors will be focused on educating and entertaining people about cannabis by building our audience and getting their stories out into the world here's how they're helping and how you can help too the canna mom show is creating a home for all the stories that need to be told because that is what moms do and our founding guest and friend of the show, we're going to help us find more people to hear their stories, and they're going to help more people know us, too. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing, Aim. Do you know what we're doing? I think I know what we're doing. Okay, what's today? <laughs> what's today? Today is March 19th, and the significance is it's... It is my mother's 85th birthday. That's great. And my mother's now in lockdown, but we are going to mm. go bring our ice cream later, but we are launching this A Bong for Mom <laughs> campaign, hashtag A Bong for Mom. Or bong for mom. Yep. Got that? Both. Both. <laughs> and our goal is going to reach 5,000 listeners for the Canna Mom Show by May 10th, which is Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yay. <laughs> and doesn't mom need a bong for mom? <laughs> <laughs> so the way this is going to work is over the next six weeks, they're going to be hearing a lot from us. Our mm-hmm. ambassadors are going to be pushing out their show on their social networks. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make it a little bit of a competition. Mm-hmm. So the show that gets the most downloads are going to get a gift on my birthday, mm-hmm. May 11th. The Canamom show with the most episodes, downloads, will get a gift from me, the bong quilt. And this is something to be seen when it took her she was like a maniac with the quilting i was very stressed she was stressed and she put all of her energy into creating and what better thing to create than a a quilt with a beautiful black velvet bong on it. It's pretty it's gorgeous. Cool. <laughs> so you can see it. It's we really nice. It'll be up on our Facebook it's page. It's up on my LinkedIn. It's She's amazing. My LinkedIn fa- uh, picture. So <laughs> from our podcast po- perch, we can see that the wide and far of this industry, and we understand that the transformations are to come. Yes. And Amy and I, well, we love talking about cannabis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we like meeting all the hardworking women in this business and we love that this is an emerging industry and we believe all those stories need to be heard totally so starting today march 19th yes um with this episode that we are releasing today about get to know your host we are going to be talking about the bong quilt get to know all the shows and it's going to be great and i hope that you will join us because you know when all this crazy is over 
cannabis is still going to be there. That's right. It'll be there for you. It'll be there for you. So totally. Thank you. And remember to focus <laughs> on the Can Mom Show and follow the hashtag. A bong for mom and bong for mom. Bong. Bong. <laughs> All right. So, Amy, we have like a couple minutes. Are you gonna do, do you want to do your favorite thing? I will do a favorite okay, thing. So we're going to do a but, quick favorite thing. Okay. Yes. I will do it. But I want to know how we can uh, how we can get in touch with them. You know, other people can get in touch with them, you know, for right, well, the product. Yeah, we'll do yeah. that. We'll do it at the end. We'll do it after the Okay. Meeting. Yeah, so Got just it. Do, do your favorite thing and then uh, we'll come back and then we'll go. That sounds great. I have a great favorite thing. So there's an there's an awesome uh, pipe maker in uh, Boston uh, and it's at Mudheads, M-U-D-H-E-G-Z. And I love her stuff so much. She's at all the cool craft fairs, anywhere from like Salem to Cambridge, Somerville, and she makes these beautiful, um, shiny hearts in different colors, like a red and black. And she'll make fruits and vegetables. There's avocado pipes. Ouch. There's oysters. <laughs> there's corn on the cob. There's pizza. And it's really nice. Like, it's artistic. It's shiny. And it looks real. You know, peppers and pickles. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a website? Or she sells them in a store? She right? sells them on Etsy. Okay. And if you go to her Instagram... It, all the info will be there. So her Instagram is at uh, M U D H E D Z, and she also has an Etsy, uh, an Etsy store. And you know, if you just Google her, you'll find her. She's on Facebook. And that's that's what you, is that what you posted for the Valentine's? That's was that, that one is of hers? what I posted okay. for Valentine's. You know, I bought a few hearts and some other things at uh, this great store, another women-owned store in Somerville for good vibes. I love this store so much. And she carries her stuff. And I just love it. Oh, they're pretty. All right. So, so Amy's favorite thing this out. week. Check it out. Mud heads. All right. <laughs> Mud so we, heads. we got a couple more minutes. So yeah, just yeah. sort of in terms of like, we didn't really get to this, but like, what's it been like working yeah. with your mom? Mm. Like, how's this been? Like when she brought you in and I mean, your brother <laughs> was working with her too, that. but yeah. Yeah. Um, I can do it. I mean, you know, it's definitely been ups and downs, I would say. Um, It's a very unique working relationship. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that initially when this all started, which was what, like a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. um, I was or I was actually studying abroad when um, when you guys initially came up with the idea. And I was um, studying abroad in Indonesia where cannabis is like very, very, very illegal, very um, illegal to the point of like can face the death penalty um so my mom was obviously like very hesitant to tell me much and i was kind of like i think they're making some kind of cannabis business back home but i don't really know like what the deal is you know she won't really tell me very much Um, she's protecting you she's protecting me from you know execution but um you're such a good mom (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but when i got home that winter um i was super super excited about it and there was just so much energy about it like within our whole family um And I pretty quickly wanted to take on the social media. So I started building out Instagram and Facebook. Um, Those are our main two social media platforms. But um, and spent a lot of time that initial spring, like gathering initial followers and finding like I was sort of talking about before, like what kinds of communities do we want to be involved in on social media? And when Um, your mom, like I always say, I don't really like social media. I know that I have to exist there. I don't exist. So mm -hmm. is she willing to listen to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, she she, okay. she <laughs> basically like, gave the reins to me. I mean, smart, smart. Yeah, woman. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and we actually went to a couple meetings, like, quick, uh, very at the beginning with different, um, like, marketing firms and different, like, marketing smart. people. Um, but we sort of realized that that was just, uh, it was premature and it was beyond the scope of our budget. Um, 
And it was something that I felt comfortable taking on at the beginning. Um, And so for the first couple months, I was super involved in that. And I went, um, the first major event we did was the New York, what was it called? The New York City Cannabis Parade and Rally. Cool. Yes. And it's May 2nd this year. And everybody should go. It's a ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. So there was just like so much energy within our whole family. And it was like kind of this constant thing we would talk about of like bouncing ideas off of each other. And I was in college for the whole semester. So it was a lot of phone calls and a lot of FaceTimes and a lot of what do you think of this Instagram post? And oh, I'm going to put these filters on it. And how about these hashtags? Do these look good? Um, and and then a friend of mine actually came on board um, during the summer, who is also a senior in college right now. Um, and she is someone who just has like a beautiful presence on Instagram and just like thinks of her Instagram as like an art form for her, more or less. Um, so that was also just like a great new person with so much energy and so many ideas to bring in. And I think that really reinvigorated me. Um, And then this year, I think it's definitely, I mean, it's my senior year in college. I'm doing two theses. So um. she's smart and busy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not a good thing. And she smokes cannabis. Look at her. She's awesome. (laughs) I have gotten a little bit more comfortable with social media. It's not my thing. And I definitely love it when, you know, Celia and like um, she said, her friend, Sarah, you know, and I still rely on them. And if I'm going to post or anything, you know, I, I want their, you know okay on it because to me it's not second nature at all it's it's work and to them it just feels like you know it's an extension of their fingers and they just you know do this you, so you, easily you see the world differently is this your major are you interested in media work or uh it's not my major no, okay no okay. no it's just something I. what are you doing what are you doing your two theses on before we end um <laughs> i'm doing a studio art thesis um okay. with clay in oh, sort of sculpture sculptural ceramics nice. um and then also an anthropology thesis oh, wow that's exciting oh those are great topics yeah oh, oh my god we're so low oh, right. oh wait we're actually over oh sorry all right guys i'm like that was good thank so you can i just say our oh, website yeah. Ex- yeah i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna do an exo okay. and then we're gonna all yeah. right so this was fun i'm so glad i had got both of you in the studio finally yeah yeah we've been waiting for this yay okay so for my guest today lynn and celia of sunbud solutions what's the best way to reach you and find your products so the best way is uh, online at www.sunbudsolutions.com uh, and then we're also on instagram at sunbud solutions and we're also on Facebook. We, we are. have a Facebook page, Sunbud Solutions. All right. Well, this will all be in the notes, and we're going you know, to post everywhere. All right. So for my Canada sister, Amy Searles, in New York this weekend, or week, I guess. Oh, yeah. Calling in. <laughs> Good to hear your voice. Um, I know. I'm happy to do the podcast anywhere, in a car. <laughs> in a bar <laughs> anywhere oh right. I want to thank the, like Dr. Seuss yes. I want to thank the podcast garage in Austin, Mass Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canna theme music Pod 617 the Boston Podcast Network our new production and hosting site our business team Kelly Dolan and Laurie Lennon I want to thank our attorney Kim Kramer of McLean Middleton and you I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show where we are integrating cannabis into our lives, changing the narrative around cannabis and caregiving, and empowering women-centric cannabis businesses, one can of story at a time. Say bye, Aim. I'm Amy Searles. <laughs> and you can find us on our website at thecannamomshow.com. You can find us on Instagram at The Cannamom Show and also Facebook. And follow us. And you could listen to us on Spotify, on Apple, on Google, anywhere you listen to your podcast, we'll be there. We're there. So So listen. Thank you. Subscribe and listen. Subscribe and listen. I'm your host. (laughs) Thank you. Joyce Gerber. And this is 
The Canna Mom Show. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.